It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. Hope it is starting off well. And uh, you, it, it will start off well weather-wise. And then it's going to get a little bit muggier as the day goes on. And we're going to have some rain and some thunderstorms in the forecast tomorrow. But you got to have some of those days to appreciate days like we've had this week. And as you know, if you've been listening to the program or if you've been listening to me when I was on at 9 a.m., I'm, I'm not a big hot and humid kind of guy. I'm not a big summer guy. Fall is my season, but uh, this week has been great weather. Uh, It's nice being able to drive around with the windows open and enjoying, you know, getting that nice breeze. And then at night you can turn off the air conditioner and just open the window and let some of the cool air in. And that's, that's the suggestion I'll make to those who don't already know this, which, you know, it sounds like common sense, but not everybody already knows it at night. If you have your air conditioners running, and I'm talking about, you know, window unit air conditioners. If you have those running during the day and then at night the temperature drops lower than what your air conditioner is set for, well, you don't need to run the air conditioner. You can turn it from cool air to fan and it'll just blow the cool air in from outside so that you can get that nice outdoor 65 degree air coming in. I think my window unit goes down to 65. So anything below 65, I click it, even if it's like around that area, I click it over to the fan, let the cool air come in all night long. And then in the morning when I wake up, I'll switch it back to cool so that uh, as the, as the house heats up, that will help to keep things cool. But if you keep it on cool and the temperature actually drops below what it is outside, well, now you're just wasting money and Freon and all that stuff. So uh, that's my little tip for the day, if you didn't already know that, which you might have, but you never know. It's funny because uh, I know people who will drive around with their air conditioning on in their car just because, like, they're warm. Like, they got out of the gym or something, and they get into their car, and they turn the air conditioning on on days when... The air outside is colder than what the air conditioning gets to. And it's like, but you know that you can just turn on the cool air and it takes in the air from outside, right? But I don't know. I guess it all depends on what your personal preference is and how much you're willing to spend. Because I'm not willing to spend much. <laughs> the one thing that I will spend money on is keeping myself cool because, as I said, I don't, I don't like the heat and the humidity. Speaking of the heat, the heat has been on for... Public officials to comment on what went on with the petition for the ballot question. We've we've started to hear from some uh, city councilors on the matter. Uh, of course, uh, Sean Oliver weighed in on Tuesday. Uh, he's the Ward 3 city councilor. Councilor Largie and Abreu weighed in yesterday. Both of those on South Coast now. Uh, and then, of course, the mayor was in yesterday with 
Chris and Marcus for South Coast Now, and he addressed it as well. And as you heard Adam mention in the news, you know, he said that he sympathizes with Catherine and Paul about this effort not going forward, but he was also uh, defensive of the way that the situation played out. And he, he actually put the blame on the lawyer for Catherine and Paul, the lawyer that they had advising them. And, and again, he's not wrong in that either. There's, there's blame to go around to everybody in this. But he did seem to agree with the idea that th there could be, you know, better information available for citizens who want to go forward with this effort, you know, with an effort, with a, a proposed change. And he talked about how, you know, that the, the city solicitor and the election commissioner cannot necessarily advise in all areas of this because they can't seem like they're supporting an effort. And so I, I think the way to get around that is to have paperwork available. You know, as I said before, there should be a packet that you hand somebody when they want to start one of these efforts that says, here's what you should do. Here's why you can't do this. Uh, here's who to contact for more information that would be impartial. You know, obviously, if you go to the Secretary of State's office and and speak with somebody there, they, they don't have a vested interest in what happens in New Bedford. Whereas people in New Bedford may may have that vested interest. So I'm hoping that that is the end result of this, that they, they craft something or they come up with something or they work with the Secretary of State's office to come up with something to say, when somebody comes in and says, I'm going to start a ballot petition for this, they can say, okay, well, here's the procedure to follow for that or, or here's the path to, to go down. And that, that procedure can certainly say right on it, it can recommend saying, we recommend that you hire a lawyer to help you through this process and that you have them look not only into the wording of the proposed question, but the process of getting it on the ballot as well. Because that's just the problem here is there was nobody was educated enough in what the process should have been. So as we fade out of the emotional reaction to it and we start to look at the logics of it we have to find the logistical way to go forward that will avoid a situation like this in the future and i think that that will be the end result of this for sure what you know how far the question itself goes or how far the um, effort to get term limits for city councilors goes at least we'll have a better understanding of this process going forward for the next person that tries to, you know, do something. Now the pressure is on, or at least there seems to be some pressure on, about whether or not they do go forward with asking the citizens if they want term limits for the council or for all elected positions. And as Mayor Mitchell said, he would have voted for it. We heard Councillor Abreu yesterday talk about reasons why we shouldn't want term limits. And while he makes a good argument, I don't, I don't know that that's 
necessarily what would happen in all cases. You know, he was talking about how if you're pushing to get something done and the person that you're putting the pressure on to get something done doesn't want to do it, they'll just wait out the term of the counselor that's that's getting things done. So we're talking about somebody that would have to wait, you know, potentially up to eight years to wait out a counselor that's putting pressure on them for something. And then only have to wait two years before that counselor could be back right at it again. So I, I don't know if that's going to, I mean, I see it as a possibility. I just don't know if that would be a frequent enough occurrence I also think, too, that you will get a lot of people that will want to come out and vote if term limits were on the ballot. If there was a question about term limits for city councilors on the ballot, you would get people that would come out that haven't voted in how many years that would come out and vote for that. But they won't come out and vote every two years when they have the chance to essentially term limit councilors by voting them out. So we'll see where that shakes out and, and how much more the public appetite is there for it. But again, if you were somebody who signed that petition or planned on signing that petition, you know, Catherine and Paul are still uh, pushing for you to call the city council office and have your voice be heard. 508-996-0500. And as we get closer now to the, the, the date when people are going to be all in in the race in whatever race they're going to be running in or whether they're not, you know, names will emerge, names will drop. And the Standard Times has an article today. Um, Matt Ferreira reported today on some of the candidates who are officially in the race as of now and some who have not yet made it official. So... According to his reporting right now, the three candidates in the mix for mayor are Mayor Mitchell seeking re-election and challengers Nathan Almeida and Mike Jansen. They're the only three that have returned their nomination papers, had their signatures certified, and accepted their nominations. So that's, that's all part of the process. Three other candidates have returned papers but have yet to officially officialize their candidacies. That's Ryan Duart. Xavier Cardona, and Tyson Moultrie. Now, if you remember, Tyson Moultrie ran against Mayor Mitchell last time. There were some problems with some of the information that Tyson was giving. Uh, he famously was in here with Chris and Marcus, and it did not go well for Tyson. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, if he does stick around in this race, how he addresses some of what happened last time. Uh, let's take a quick phone call here. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hello. Oh, what happened there? Wait, how did that happen? All right. I'm going to hang out. Hang up. I apologize for that caller. Somehow it switched you over to another line that was not answered. Okay. So now you can try again and it should work. I've never seen that happen before. So, those are three other potential candidates that have not yet officialized their candidacy. 
Now, that also means Matt, Matt Ferrer reports that we don't know the status of Evan Zeidenberg, Jesse Soares, or Brian Gomes. In terms of the city council race, we know that in Ward 1, Brad Markey is seeking re-election and Leo Chiquette is challenging him. In Ward 5, we know that Scott Lima is not running for re-election. He is instead thrown his hat in the at-large ring race. Uh, so vying for that officially as of right now is Joe Lopes and Ian Saunders with Zach Boyer not yet official and Carlos, um, I hope I'm going to pronounce this right, Mayedo Mayedo is not yet official. And in the at-large race, Shane Burgo officially running, Ian Abreu officially running, Naomi Carney, Linda Morad, Brian Gomes, not yet officially running, according to what Matt was able to gather. Uh, officially challenging them, Bruce Duart, Devin Burns, Scott Lima, and Aria Whitner. Not yet official, Joyce Rowley, Carmen Amaral, and Guillermo Santiago. Hope I'm saying that right as well. So... We're looking at it. Let, let's just say, as of right now, even you've got three, four, four challengers for the five seats, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Carmen Amaral will be official. She's been po she posted on her campaign page. It's just a matter of she's probably you know finalizing everything, getting everything done. But she seemed pretty pretty serious about making this run. So that means you'd have five challengers at least for the five incumbent seats. So it's it's going to be an interesting election this year. And I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk for anybody. The mayor's race, that, that seems to be, you know, even though there'll be challengers, how serious those challengers will be. And, I, you know, I don't mean to say that they're not serious people, but I don't know how serious of a challenge it will be to a five-term incumbent mayor. Let's uh, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You were on WBSM. There we go. All right. There. I don't, it switched on? over to another line. It was very weird. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so back to the city council is, um, you know, getting you know a lot of people out there to vote. Um, I know you just you touched on it real quick about I don't know five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I'm, what's going through my head is okay, um, you know, you got 2,700 people, right? Realistically, 2,700 of those people, I would probably say maybe a thousand of those people really know what's going on. I don't know if there's people that read. You really can't even put a number on it because yeah. you know, how many people actually read the the, the New Bedford Light and you know, realistically, how many of those 2,700 listen to WBSM? Because this is this really only the two the two outlets that that I've seen covering this this story. Um, now, with that being said, uh, these people are going to end up going to the ballot box this year, and they're going to say, "Well, I signed a petition that you know was supposed to be on the ballot, and it's not. So, what the hell happened?" You know, and then they're, then they're going to end up having to do some research. Then they'll figure out that, hey, back in July, 
it got shot down by the city solicitor's office and the uh, electric commissioner's office and everything else. And everything, you know, it, it, then they're going to figure out, oh, crap. You know what I mean? But that's why, that's why you know, I, I think these, these city councilors, they're not really hopping on this that much because I don't think they're worried that 2,700 people will end up coming out to vote because you got, let's say, 1,000 that, you know, might figure it out. But if there were, if they were to change it and put it on the ballot, then they'd say, okay, you know, we're pretty much shooting ourselves in the foot here. Um, you get what I'm trying to say? I, I do, but I, I mean, I also think part of what the city council might be thinking is that the, you know, the voters aren't going to blame us for this because we had nothing to do with it. And and really, the counselors do have nothing to do with it. So and if if they don't say anything, I don't th- you know, obviously they will get people a little bit fired up. But I don't think they're at political risk by not saying anything because in the end, they really couldn't do anything about it anyway. Uh, in order to start a home rule petition and all that kind of stuff, you know, that would be a, a long process, and it probably wouldn't have gotten done by this November anyway. So they probably can say, you know, they can feel comfortable out on the campaign trail saying, yeah, it's something we can certainly look into going right. forward. And, you know, if elected, I promise to, to, to take it under consideration. I just, um, I just, I'm looking at this, trying to look, because I'm not a resident, you obviously know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, you know, from outside the box, looking in. And it's like, you know, with only two of the, you know, how many counselors are there? Eleven. Eleven. Okay, so two out of eleven counselors have publicly commented on this. One being on the show yesterday, on Marcus's show yesterday, or Marcus and Chris, knowing that he was going to be asked the questions. And one that was already pre-scheduled to come on the show, not knowing... You know what I mean? Kind of what was going on. Well, I'm sure he knew what was going on. Yeah, but not and, really. and, and he knew he was going to be asked the question. You're not going to come in and not be asked a question. Of course. But what I'm saying is is that uh, Ian Avery yesterday knew he was going to get come on and get, you know, you know scrutinized not for, what, for what was going on. But uh, what I'm saying is, is, like, these guys need to realize, the counselors need to realize that this is, and I'm sure they do realize it, but they're just being stubborn. This is just a question for term limits. It doesn't even mean that, uh, you know, it doesn't even mean that, yeah, it's going to... So, okay, so they get on the ballot box this year, right? Does that mean... Now, when does it come... When does it take place? Like, when does it get put into action? If it was on the November ballot? If it was on the November ballot. It would probably be the next election cycle. The next election, okay. So, you you sign... You know, just putting it on there is letting the people have their voice be heard. You know what I mean? It's what we want. It's what, you know, we the people want to be heard. And that's and that and, and by the city council is not putting that question on the ballot for the people to be heard. That's like going against everybody's civil rights. It really is. You know what I mean? It, it, just put it on the ballot. It's not that hard. Let the people speak. And if yeah, if you if if, if we're we're all for term term limits and everything else, then so be it. Too bad. Tough well, luck. I mean, they, ran out. they used the same argument for the, the questions that they were wanted to put on the ballot. You know, we're just trying to hear from the people. Well, then there you go. Here's where the people want to be heard. So give them that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy, man. It really is. Like, I, you know, government altogether has just been going down the tubes lately. It really has. You know, I'm not going to get into national politics with you because I know that we're not talking about that. But it's like, 
Every, just everything. Everything all. Just take look at it as a whole. You know, it really is. It's going down the tubes. Yeah. And, every, um, it's, it's, it's become, you know, I'm right, you're wrong, and there's no compromise in the middle. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. I'm going to hold right, you there, that, John, just because yeah, i got to yeah, take a break. I got you. But you have a good day. And uh, and yeah, absolutely. It's just it's it's about winning or losing. It's not about you know compromise and and winning for the people. All right, I got to take a break though. We'll be back, and it is time to go into the newsroom with Adam Bass. Former President Donald Trump is due to be arraigned this afternoon in the nation's capital on four counts related to his alleged efforts to overturn the results of the 2020 election. In announcing the indictment this week, Special Counsel Jack Smith said his office will push for a speedy trial, adding that they're ready to have all the evidence tested in a court of law. The man convicted of killing 11 people at a Pittsburgh synagogue has been sentenced to death. A federal jury came to a unanimous decision Wednesday on the fate of Robert Bowers. Bowers was convicted of a 2018 mass shooting that was the worst attack on Jewish people in U.S. history. Court will reconvene this morning, at which time his sentence will be formally imposed. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is agreeing to debate California Governor Gavin Newsom. Mark Mayfield has more. An aide to Governor Newsom says his office sent a formal request to Fox News last week with a proposal to debate DeSantis sometime in early November. The request called for Fox News host Sean Hannity to serve as a moderator for a 90-minute forum that would air live without a studio audience. On Hannity's program Wednesday night, DeSantis agreed to the challenge and said, I'm game, just tell me when and where. I'm Mark Mayfield. An Oregon man is in custody after a woman claimed he kidnapped her and held her captive in his garage. The woman says she was working as a prostitute in Washington State when she was abducted on July 15th. She claims she was sexually assaulted in a makeshift prison cell in his garage in Klamath Falls until she was able to escape. July was hotter for most of the planet than it would have been without the effects of climate change. The nonprofit Climate Central looked at the climate in July for over 4,700 cities globally and found that for over 80% of the world population, at least one day in the past month had a weather shift that was not normal. Frontier Airlines says its check-in counters and bag drops will be closing sooner starting this month. In a tweet Tuesday, the airline said starting August 16th, all Frontier ticket counters will be closed for a check-in and bag drop 60 minutes prior to a flight departure. Currently, check-in is open until 45 minutes before departure for domestic flights at most Frontier locations. A Frontier spokesman says the change is meant to make the check-in process more uniform across the airline's flights and give passengers more time to get through security and their gate. And there's now a countrywide ban on a certain type of light bulb. Bree Tennis has more. Thomas Edison was an inventor of the future. And now the past. It's all over for the incandescent light bulb pioneered by Edison more than a century ago. His invention lit up the world, and now the new federal energy efficiency regulations that went into full effect Tuesday changed it. We still have light, but now they're halogen or LEDs. That's light-emitting diodes. The Energy Department says LEDs generate almost no heat and use up to 90% less energy than incandescent bulbs, and they last up to 25% longer. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. In sports, the Red Sox could not sustain another win against the Seattle Mariners, losing to the Washington State team 6-3 last night. The Sox have a break today. 
but they will go home to play against the Toronto Blue Jays tomorrow at 7.10 p.m. <laughs> and now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. We'll expect another nice day today. We're going to have the humidity levels increasing, though. We'll have intervals of sun and clouds throughout the day. We're going to become breezy this afternoon with a wind out of the south about 10 to 15 miles an hour, reaching a high near 78 degrees overnight tonight, increasing clouds, low of 67. And for Friday, we're going to have cloudy and breezy conditions, a few spot showers in the morning. But by afternoon, expect some heavy thunderstorms to move in through the day. High near 77. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 W. WBSM. It is currently 59 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. It's okay if you listen in the shower. Just keep it to yourself and don't make it weird. Back to the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. And welcome back in. You know, today's going to be a nice day to get out there and do some grilling, right? And if you're going to throw some meat on the grill... Make sure you're getting the meat from the place that you want to get the best from. That's the butcher shop in New Bedford. Why just throw anything on the grill, right? If you're going to spend that time and getting it perfectly cooked, you want to have the perfect meat. And that's what you will find at the butcher shop. Celebrity pork chops, tomahawk steaks, terrace major, giant chicken, whatever it is that you need, they have it at the butcher shop. And it's all high quality all real food. You know what I mean by that. None of this stuff that's stuffed with hormones and all that kind of stuff. No, at the butcher shop, they're giving you just pure meat. But that's not all that they have either. You can stop in and visit their wine cellar and get all your beer and wine needs. And I always say this, they've got wine from $5 to $500. And I'm not exaggerating. You can find something delicious but affordable that you're just going to have with, you know, tonight's dinner. Or you can get a bottle that will certainly impress something to give as a gift or something to, you know, splurge on and uh, and treat yourself. They have all kinds of great things. They have uh, an entire fridge full of cheeses, every cheese that you can imagine to put out uh, before any guests that you may have coming over or again, just to treat yourself. And if you don't feel like doing any of that stuff, if you say, yeah, I don't want to cook tonight, stop on by and get some of their delicious cooked foods. They have all kinds of great stuff every day that they make fresh that they serve up to you. The Butcher Shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. As Eric always says, if they don't have it, just ask for it. They'll get it, but they probably have it because they've got just about everything. It looks, you know, looks small on the outside. You say, how can they have everything in there? But then you walk inside and you see, oh, they do have everything at the butcher shop. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Tim, uh, you know, about a lot of these people complain about the city council, some of them, you know what I mean? And, uh, this council is that being unopposed. Half the time they get back in because nobody runs against them. Yeah, I mean this this time there seems to be a slew of candidates, but quite often, you know, a lot, especially a lot of the ward races, they go um, un, unchallenged. 
I mean, I had a problem with the city council myself, but I moved my house right out of New Bedford. I got tired of that because they don't listen to the people anyway. You know, I, I had a condo in New Bedford, and, and Councilor Morad's kind of know who I am. I had a council, I, I had a condo in New Bedford, okay? And my problem was, was if I had a chair that had to be disposed of, I wasn't allowed to put that on the sidewalk because I was uh, in a condo association. Now, the condo association was telling me that I had to pay to have, that, to have them take it away. Mm-hmm. And the city was telling me I had to pay to, to take it away because I lived in a condo, and I paid taxes. And I went to a city council meeting, they didn't want to hear anything about it at all. So I said, you know what, pack it up, move it out. I had enough in New Bedford. I'd never move back there again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I understand where they're coming from with that because it's, you know, the, the condo association contracts with a with a hauler. You're not getting the municipal service. I, w- I would assume you were getting private service that they were paying for. Well, again, private service, correct. And they were going to charge me like $50 to take a chair away if I had it, the, the, the association. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't allowed to put it on the street because I was not in the condo association. And I went, I went to I went before a city council meeting and I said, hey. What's the story here? I mean, you know, I pay taxes here. Why am I allowed to put that and, on the sidewalk? And listen, I don't, I don't want to, you know, be a jerk here and and, and say that um, this is what should have happened. But if if I was your city councilor, if I was your ward councilor in that case, I would have just said, "Hey, just come and put the chair out in front of my house," you know? Right, right, right. And you know what? It's, it's like they just totally ignored me and chinned me out like I wasn't even there. So it's like, you know what? Pack it up, move it out. I moved to a different community. I'm out there. And with the mess that's going on down there now, I am so glad. The important question is, did you get rid of the chair? Did I get rid of it? Yeah. I didn't do like everybody else used to do. They, they, they take it and they throw it across the street in the woods. You know what I mean? I right. didn't get but, rid of that. But you, you were able to get rid of it. You don't still have it. You're not waiting for somebody to come and get it. Well, I'm not I'm not in New Bedford no more. So well, wherever, you, wherever you are, I don't want you to be stuck with a chair you don't want. No, no, no. It's gone. It's gone. Okay. All right. Good. It's gone. But Happy I, ending for you, I guess, then. Yeah, thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> right. I, it sounds like it, it worked out, but you shouldn't have had to move out of the city for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that that's not exactly legal to say to somebody, you can put your chair out in front of my house to throw it away. But I would have done that before I would have, you know, had somebody move out over, over that issue. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Um, how you doing? Right. Um, you know, I'm wondering how that turnout is going to be for voting at all. Well, I think, you know, we've seen... We've seen it take a dip in a lot of these recent elections. Uh, I, you know, obviously having... If, if any of these challengers for the mayor's office emerge as, you know people that could actually make a dent in, in the final numbers, then I think that that will draw a lot of interest out. I do think having um, contested... Having uh, uh, viable candidates in the at-large race will bring people out because you've got a sentiment here that some of these incumbent councillors may be vulnerable. Some of them just for the amount of time that they've been on the council. Some of them for a variety of different reasons. And you've got some candidates here that seem to be you know, seem that they will get people to come out and vote. I see Bruce Duart signs all over the city. Yeah. So, I mean, that, and I'm just using that as an example. I hope so. I mean, I like the mayor. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not a resident in New Bedford, but um, I do like the mayor that you have there. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of people coming out to vote. That's, that's the way I look at yeah, it. You know, I, I want to yeah. see 30, 35% voting, you know, uh, voter turnout. I don't want to see 15% or 7% or some of these other numbers that we've seen. I know. It's going to be so many people that are all upset about this situation, but, 
You. Um, and then I hit, oh yeah, with the chair situation he was just talking about. <laughs> I live in Dartmouth, and um, when we have something, we put it on our, our front, you know, like near the side. We don't have a sidewalk there, but right on the grass there near the street. Mm-hmm. And we have this guy that comes every time by our house. He likes all the stuff we throw out. <laughs> and he takes his truck, but he comes by 8 o'clock at night. And now one time he saw us outside, and he says, uh, Ooh, ooh, he was, oh, this little Portuguese man. He was so cute. He grabbed all of us. I think he, I think he brings it to flea markets. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that was. And then one more thing about a sandwich. Sure. <laughs> you ever hear of a schwam? What is it? Schwam. Schwam, like the the yeah. home delivery. No, it's a sandwich. Oh no, I don't know. I thought you said schwam. No, what what was the word? Like sh- like schwam schwam. It's, I don't know if it's Japanese or um, it's almost like a gyro. But it's um oh uh, it's, uh shawarma yeah that's it mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of it we have we made homemade ones the other night and um had it with the uh, they, I don't know with some kind of spicy spicy uh, Japanese sauce with um marinated with the sirloin tips and it's almost like a gyro with the cucumber sauce and lettuce onions and and um. Something else in there, but it, it yeah, was very it, good. And, and, and you know, sandwiches like that. First of all, like anything that has the tzatziki sauce, I will put that on everything. It is so nice and refreshing on any sandwich, and yeah, it's it's good stuff. Yeah, it is really good. But anyway, you have a great day. You as well. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. And uh, yeah, my grandfather. You know, people who speaking of people who go around and you know take what you put out for for the garbage. That's what my grandfather did. For that's how he made his living for years. He was a junk man. He would, when I would stay over there in the summertime or during like school vacations, I always, you know, what would happen is it was, it was hardly ever planned in advance. My grandmother would say, cause we went and visited every Saturday, uh, every Sunday night, every Sunday evening, we would go and visit my grandparents in Randolph. And my grandmother would say, do you want to stay overnight? And I'd say, Yeah. Because there were five kids in my family. So if I had the chance to go and be the only kid somewhere, I, I took advantage of it for a week. I'd say, yeah, I'll stay. And then even though I didn't have any clothes or anything, she would either say, all right, well, tomorrow we'll go drive up to your house. You know, I probably lived 40 minutes away. We'll go drive to your house and get some clothes or I'll take you out and we'll buy you some clothes or something. And one of the things I would do when I would stay there is when trash day came, which I think was Tuesday mornings in Randolph, I would get in the car with my grandfather like 4.30 in the morning and we would drive around and we would be looking for anything in the trash that he thought he could salvage and and turn around for profit. And usually that meant like if you saw electronics, if you saw a radio sticking out of the trash, you stopped and got it because you'd bring it back. You'd strip out all the copper wire. And then we would always take the stuff that, you know, whatever was left over, we would just pile into the car and bring to the dump. And and he he taught me a lot about salvaging things, and it, and he made good money doing it. If I had the time, I would. I you know when I retire, if that ever happens, I don't think it ever will. But if uh, if I ever do retire, I'm gonna buy a junk. I'm gonna buy a big truck and start a junk business because I love the thrill of the hunt. I love going out there and finding bargains. Then I have to go and spend you know thousands of dollars having my basement cleaned out to get rid of all the stuff that I'm not going to do anything with, which is what happened to me last year. But yeah, no, there's a lot of treasures out there to be found and I'm always out there looking for them. 
I've resisted the urge to go yard sailing and flea marketing and all of that because I don't want to get in that position where I just fill my house up again. Still got a storage unit I'm working on trying to get all the stuff out of. So, but the, you know, the same way people feel that endorphin rush of, you know, when they go shopping, people who like to go shop, I, to me, it's more about finding something and finding a deal on something. 508-996-0500. Going to take a break. Be back in a few moments. celebrities I ever had the pleasure of meeting, Eddie Money. And uh, that's because he came here and did a, a benefit show. He uh, played the Seaport in Fairhaven uh, probably about 10 years ago or so, maybe a little bit more. Uh, it was the Rock for Christmas show that was put on by the late Wayne Morrison every year. And uh, the night before, Eddie got here at about midnight to rehearse. Uh, a little bit before midnight, showed up. And we were over at Wamsutta Mill. And we basically got a, a free little Eddie Money concert as he was sound checking with, uh, with everybody. And it was really cool to see, you know, kind of how it all comes together. The, the band had been rehearsing, playing the songs without Eddie. And then when he got there, like, they just, you know, instantly became a band together. And it was really cool to see. And then he performed the next night... Um, at the show itself and just nicest guy and uh, people people that don't know his backstory he was uh, the son of a New York City cop I believe and he became a New York City cop himself and then became a singer after that and the Eddie Money name came about because his name was Eddie Mahoney so they just, he just changed that into Eddie Money and became the money man and his wife does a great job running his Facebook account um, and keeping memories of, of Eddie going. So great, great voice, great music. Who doesn't love Eddie Money? 508-996-0500. Uh, we can take your app chat messages via the WBSM app. We can also take your open line voicemail messages via the WBSM app. If you miss any of our shows as well, you can get our podcast there too. Um, I know we got a, an app, uh, an email yesterday over the app from somebody asking, you know, where can you hear the shows if you miss them? Super easy to do. Just open up the WBSM app. Right in the middle there, there's that row of buttons. And sometimes because we put like contests in there, which I'm going to tell you about a contest in a moment, but we put contests in there. And when, you, when that happens, it kind of pushes some of the buttons over. So that middle row of buttons where it says like, listen, app chat, Right now it says win tickets to, I'll tell you in a minute, like all of those buttons, you can actually slide that over. If you swipe toward, swipe left with that, it'll bring more buttons over and you'll see other things like podcasts. And that will allow you to hear all of our programs. 
If you also want to hear them on your desktop computer, on your laptop, you can go to WBSM.com, click on the Listen tab at the top, and then select the Radio On Demand feature or hit the podcast button at the top. They both bring you to the same page, and that that will show you all of our local programs, and then you can load up whatever episode you want to listen to. So you have a variety of different ways there. And then if that doesn't work, or if you want a different way of doing it, anywhere you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, any of the little podcast sites that are out there, we aggregate out to all of those so you can hear our, our shows in that format as well. So we want to make sure that you can hear it whether or not you get to listen to it live or not. And if you haven't heard it yet, you can listen to yesterday's podcast of this program where in the 8 o'clock hour we spoke with the police about the, uh, the uh, new security measures that will be in place for the feast beginning tonight. So when you're heading out for the Feast of the Blessed Sacrament later on, you know, and you know it's a 6 o'clock start time tonight, well, plan on getting there a little bit earlier because you're going to have to go through a metal detector. And while you're on the website, you know, while you're online listening to that podcast, go on over to the website for the feast and click on that list of all the things that you can't bring. And if you find our story at WBSM.com too, we also have a link over to that list of all the things that you can't bring in and save a little time by not bringing those items in so they don't have to you wait in line all that time for them to turn you away and say, no, you got to go bring that back to the car. So just follow these procedures and it'll go as smoothly as possible. It is better protection for you while you're there, better protection for everybody, and also will make, I think, you know, uh, it'll become the new standard for what happens at a lot of different events because that's just the world that we live in today. All right, I got to take my final break of the hour. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to make you wait to find out who we're giving away those tickets to, or you can just go to WBSM.com or the app right now and you'll see. But I'll tell you who it is coming up in just a bit. <clears throat> Tickets to give away to see George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic happening August 17th at the MGM Music Hall at Fenway. All you have to do to enter to win is go to WBSM.com. You'll see the story there or on the app, and you can enter in all your information, and we're going to select a 